you know, to be great, I think you have to fight. And I very much think that my success is a product of some level of skill, but I do think I win because I outwork people. I really do believe that. I do believe that 100%. And I'm not sure that if my dad didn't set that example, that I'd even have the ability to think one could work that hard. The fact that I've been working 19 hours a day, every day for the last 20 years, is easy for me. It's the only gear I knew, right? I was poor. I sucked shit at school. It was the only gear I had. You know, I think you need to recognize that um, that your biggest advantage is that you're hungrier than your competitor. And that if you're not applying your one advantage, which is your work ethic, and the hours that you have to put into your business, well then you're gonna come up short. I sit here with enormous assumptions around all of you that you're just too soft to beat me, right? That I think that you've had it better and that that alone doesn't allow you to beat me. Somebody will come with a counter-cultural point of view and be like, Gary, that's cool, but I don't have to work that hard because I'm working smarter. Yeah, me too, asshole. I work hard and smart. Now what? Look, there's a 12-hour, 10-hour, 8-hour, 15-hour work day. You can finish a lot of things in those 18, 12, 9 hours, or you can finish medium amounts of things or lightweight things. People focus on too many small details. Way too many people in this room are gonna spend the next 30, 40 years of their lives trying to check the boxes of the things that they're not as good at and that you're gonna waste a fuckload of time and news. I highly recommend for all you hustlers, because there's a lot of you, there's a lot of you that are always talking about, Gary, I do work hard, and you do. You work for 16 hours. Some people just don't have the attention span or the capacity to remember. Or like, there's a lot of things I can't learn. I was a very poor student because the subject matter bored me. And if I was forced to become great at understanding the great artists of the 20th century, I'm in big trouble. And so I would tell people to bet on their strengths. You need to bet on your strengths and don't give a fuck about what you suck at. And to put themselves in a position to win with their strengths because that is absolutely the straightest line to success. Greatness comes from adversity and, and looking the, the challenge in the eye and having the intestinal fortitude to kind of uh, to, to, to step up and, and go after it. I actually don't care about anything else. Speed, both in people skills and hard work, will trump anything. Speed is four billion times more important than perfection. Speed. When you're not spending any time worrying, you're spending time on executing. That's what a great culture is. It's speed. You're not spending the 15 minutes a day bickering. You're not spending the four hours a day wondering if that person's trying to ruin you. it's a race and the speed is a variable for success to me in a big way. Um, hustle and so the, the patience and speed are very much rubbing against each other but it's like the diamond comes from that. Yeah.
On your day-to-day work, you have to be fast with the clients. They email you, you email them back. Like, your day-to-day. But your vision, what you want to achieve in life, you're not gonna build it in one year. And so many people have it reversed. In the day-to-day, they're slow. And in the macro, they want their business to be huge the next day. People talk a big game. Gary Vee, you're gonna buy the Jets. I'm gonna buy the Rams. Yo, bro, nobody, nobody, unless they were a trust fund baby, ever bought the Rams when they go skiing for a week when they're 24. I am massively, at a global level, patient. But on a practical level, and an execution level, I'm very fast. It's, it's really, it really is religion and church. When you align on religion, you can go fast. And speed is such a bigger aspect of business than people realize. And so instead of jockeying and politicking and pondering and posturing and debating for three to four months, we're just in do mode now. And when you're in do mode, you fucking get shit done. So I just went on a huge email storm, I guess, email rant uh, to the whole company. It was great. Just huge communication thing about speed and efficiencies. I just got a lot done in an hour and a half on email that will impact our company for a long time. I think it's crazy when Goliath loses to David. Goliath should never lose to David. Yeah. That means bad strategy. If we're David, because yeah. it's us versus WPP, like, get a fucking rock and put it in his fucking eye. If you don't give a fuck about what people think, you can do everything. The reality is, uh, I, I think speed trumps so much that I'm blown away by people that get caught up in this, and really it just leads to you being disproportionately not successful because you're too slow, you're overthinking things. Speed is the only thing that matters, and opinions predicated on people's insecurities and ego slow shit down. music list and I'm starting to find a little clarity, starting to understand why this thing is so hard, this game of entrepreneurship, shit, this game of life, it's because the real answer is really found when you're pulling from opposite directions, sitting here laying and saying, why, why, why am I so blessed, why is all this good stuff happening, and it's because I'm a contradiction, because I'm, I'm, I've got this funny juxtaposition where I'm pulling from opposite directions. I don't give a fuck what any of you think about me. Yet I'll read every comment and I'll listen to everything all of you say about me. Because I listen. I talk a fuckload. I'm always talking. I'm cutting people off. I'm talking. But I'm listening. I'm listening 24-7. I'm always patient. I'm playing the long game. But I'm always quitting things. Every day. Trying. Testing. Not crippled by stopping starting. How do I figure that out? How do I understand when it's time to give up on something 
or when it's time to persevere. When, how do I understand and how do I feel and how do I decide when to listen to somebody's feedback or to know when they're trolling or don't give a fuck or only seeing surface level? How, how is this happening? How am I working 24 7, 365, yet it doesn't feel like I'm working? How am I always constantly putting out content and building my brand, yet never thinking about it and just living my life? How am I documenting instead of creating? Where is this? Where is this Zen coming from? Where is this call to action coming from? Why is this plan working so well? And how? How do I keep all you youngsters? <laughs> and when I say youngsters, I mean the 59-year-old who hasn't grown up yet, who hasn't been willing to look at the world. And it comes from this. It comes from the most macro. It's clearing up for me. I'm starting to see it. It's understanding that nobody gives a fuck. And that that's okay. And that's the way it should be. I live on empathy. You shouldn't give a fuck. You've got you to worry about. I'm empathetic to that. That's the game. And we're all dealt with different cards. We've all got strengths and weaknesses. We've got the advantages and the disadvantages. Plenty see white privilege, so do I. I see privilege in being from the streets and having zero and being hungrier. There's so many different ways. And of course, some are better than others at the most macro. But I don't even spend the time to figure that out. Because by the time you figure out if it was fair, you're fucking finished. And so instead of doing that, I do. And I do, and I do. And I'm always planning, and I'm not planning. And I've always got a game plan and strategy, and I've always not got one. I'm just going off the hip from intuition, from learned behavior, from pattern recognition, because I've been doing this from the get. When I was 12, 13, 14, 15, I knew. I did. It's why I got those shit grades. Shout out to everybody who saw that report card on Instagram. You know, it's what I do. And so as I sit here and lay and look and think and debate and look out at the auction and listen to this music, it's becoming clearer. 2017 could be a great year. Not just for me, but for you. Because as I find clarity, I'm going to suffocate negativity. I'm going to suffocate excuses. If you're going to be in my community, you're going to give up and leave if you want to believe in those things. Because I'm going to pound it, push it, press it harder than I ever had before. Because the truth is, I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I'm working on myself 24-7, my goals, my ambitions. And I'm working on your goals and your ambitions 24-7. That's pulling from opposite directions. That's what I do. That's what I do harder, stronger, better than anybody. Honey Empire, bitches. Build the biggest building of all time. The biggest, best business of all time. Like a fucking tortoise. Like a slow fucking tortoise. Chip away every day. Underestimated all along the way. Got my fans who are delusional. I got the rest of the majority of the market that doesn't think I can get it. That doesn't see the behavior. Because they're thinking 2017. They're thinking 2019. They're thinking 2021. I'm thinking life, bitches. I'm thinking motherfucking life. And so I promise you, community, the people that are listening to this right now, you've given me the greatest fucking gift of all. You keep your $500 master classes. You keep your $5,000 masterminds. You keep your $97 ebooks. You keep that in your pocket, and you do you. You're gifting me with the greatest fucking thing on earth. Your attention and your word of mouth. Every fucking time you tag somebody in my comments on Instagram, every time you share my story on Snapchat, every time you post and share on Facebook, means the world to me. Every retweet means the world to me. That means you're putting me on. You're co-signing this fucking journey. And for that, I will never take it for granted. I love you. Happy 2017.
Because when you see regret in a man's eyes, it's fucking painful. Because you, have, you can't do shit about it. When you're 90 and you're not mobile and you're tired and it's over, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't build that company you wanted. You can't spend that time with your kid. It's regret. And it fucking drives the shit out of me. So, look, I think failure has to be quantified. If you fail that you never can get up from it again, you know, that's not a good failure. I think, I think failure and adversity are the two things I think about. For me, as an entrepreneur, and very entrepreneurial, and always in my own stuff, all the failures along the way, even going back to like the baseball card show when I was 13 and I paid $400 for a table and nobody showed up to that baseball card show, that was a learning lesson. Those micro failures were super, super important. I think, you know, it depends on your stomach, right? Like if you, if you really fail, like go out of business, I think people take one of two ways, right? They're like just finished and they're never able to get off the mat and they go in a different direction. So to me, I think quantifying the failure is important to me. They gotta change, you gotta evolve. Like Madonna did it right. She reinvented herself 14 times. That's why she had a long career. You know, like you've gotta reinvent yourself. You know, so I, let's talk about sports. When you're the best athlete and you're like the guy and you're like one of the top 15 players, Draymond Green, he's my buddy. Draymond really worked on his game every off season. You know, uh, Ricky Rubio, the flashy point guard from uh, Minnesota, if he developed his outside shot, he would have been a much bigger player. He had all the passing skills, the quickness, he's got everything. If, instead of going to Ibiza and fucking chicks in the off season, he worked on his 18-foot jumper, he'd be in the game. If you have ambition, your actions have to match that. And too many people are just like, not putting in the work, their mouth is way ahead of their fucking you know, actions. Like, really? You're gonna be the greatest NBA player of all time? Why, because you think you got a little handle on the weekends? You need to shoot 15,000 free throws before school every day. What can you do from Friday 5 p.m. until Monday 7 a.m.? I'm just curious, like, and I don't think you shouldn't have a weekend, but I think everybody's ambition actually is more predicated on their actions than their words. My friends tell me all the time they're so ambitious, and I'm like, if that's true, then you punt leisure, and you punt concerts at Jones Beach and you work. I realized what's going on here, one life. I realized that I'm living like this is our only at bat and most of you aren't. People fucking walking around here like they're coming back. People fucking walking around here like they're coming back. You're not coming back. Well listen, I don't wanna impose my beliefs on others. Maybe you believe you come back. I believe you come back to come back as a tree or a flower pot or D-Rock sneakers. And that blows compared to being a human. And so I'm acting that way. I'm acting that way. The biggest poison in us is regret. It's poison. And I push so hard, so hard, and will, through my vehicle, which isn't meditation, which isn't health and wellness, which isn't nonprofit, my vehicle's business. I can't help it. It's what I love. I love building businesses. I love competing with you. I want to beat you. I love that game. But through that vehicle, I will always push a lack of regret 
an awareness to how good it really is. You're more than welcome to tell me about how bad it is or why you can't because or what, but it's just not true. Because if anybody ever did it, then you can too. Stop making excuses. Stop complaining. Nobody's listening. They may make pretend they're listening. The market doesn't care. What you need to do is make one person happy, you. Then you can make everybody else happy. You know why I like making people happy? Because I'm already happy. And so I implore you to take this last little rant and really look at your fucking face and understand are you doing the things that are putting you in a position to succeed, not just in the business world but in life because it's super important because boy, when you're happy in life, your fucking business can roll. And so I'm just trying to figure it out and I've been trying to figure it out in front of you for the last seven, eight years, trying to figure out the unlocks, EQ, IQ, self-awareness, hustle. I don't know what they are, you know why? Because like I told my man, it's 330 different unlocks. And so I'll go to all of them. They're all tried and true. And one might hit you. Yeah, it was hard work because I'm actually lazy. I talk a good game, but I'm full of shit. Or it might be something else. But fuck. One. And so... You decided to sit? You're into this, right? It's good, right? This is good shit. You're gonna remember this? Good. One fucking life. One life, my friends, one time. And honestly, I'll leave you with this because a lot of you need it. How you make your money is more important than how much you make. wanted to know, since you're all about inspiration and everything, um, I've been feeling a little bit unmotivated and I've been feeling like I should be doing something or I should be, just, I feel like I should be pulled and like, I'm feeling uninspired basically, that's my question. How do you get, when you lose inspiration and you lose motivation, how do you get it back? I get it back by remembering that you might die tomorrow. That's true. So I'm inspired by practicality and reality and the truth, which is it is ridiculously impossible to become a human being. I am one. I have other good things going for me as a human being and I'm just grateful. You're dwelling and looking at what you don't have versus looking at what you have. If you actually looked at what you had, your health, you know, living in America, you know, who the heck knows what would be on your list if you actually spent all your time looking at that versus I don't have a million dollars, I'm not famous, I don't have this, if you spent all your time on what you have versus what you don't have, you would be the happiest girl on earth. Like owning ownership and accountability, is that one of the pieces that allows you to like let go of holding on to you know the driver wheel when you like so seeing the so car crash. So of course, you know why? I don't care what you guys think about my car crash. Mm. The reason everybody's holding on is you care about other people's opinion. Yeah. You don't want people whispering like, "Oh, the event wasn't filled out," or people whispering, "Oh, Gary lost a big client." You care? Yeah. I don't. Mm. You know why? Not because I'm so cool. Because it's not practical to care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not a good strategy. It's a bad idea. 
And one will say, but you can't help it. I get it. I can't help hating the Patriots. I can't help, you know, a lot of things, right? I get it. The problem is it doesn't, just because you can't help it, doesn't mean it's any less of a vulnerability to build success. I understand that you can't help it. YouTube, it doesn't make it right. I couldn't help it. I murdered those people. <laughs> you know, like cool. You know, like, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I get it. I get that. Like, it hurts your feelings. I get that your mom always razzed you, and so you're sensitive. I get how one gets there. It doesn't change the fact that it's a vulnerability to care about other people's opinions on your failure. If there was nobody else, if you were that tree falling in the forest with nobody there, and this is where I go. You have to understand. I'm such a contradiction. My whole life is about everybody and everything, yet the engine that drives that is it's just fucking me, myself and I. I know, because you seem like such a caring person. I love everybody. You know know why? Because I'm so in a good place. I'm able to give. When you're fucking, when you have something, when you're set, when you're full, when you're fucking full, you don't need to eat anymore. Mm -hmm. You're passing shit on. I do that because I, it's me, myself, and I. I am far more concerned about how I feel about the process of my failure with me, myself, and I than what the judgment, and by the way, I'm out there now. Yeah. And when you're out there and you're peacocking like I am, people like to razz you when you, like, people are happy. And I get it, I'm not mad at them. I'm empathetic to why they, they feel that way. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they're jealous or mean. I just think like, that's life. We all rubberneck, we all judge. The amount of opinions I have on people that I've never met, I hate Vince Wolfall. He's a Patriot football player. (laughs) I've never met him. You know, so like, I get it, um, but I also recognize something extremely important, which is, if if that was a really passionate rant, boy, am I desperate for, for the people following Daily V and for your people right now, that if I get one fucking person to believe what I just said, it's game changing because it is the absolute blueprint to be successful. Mm-hmm. Only caring about your opinion about yourself for yourself and then letting the chips fall where they may. Hey, Positive Vibes here. It's 4.44 p.m. Eastern Time here in Toronto, Ontario, Markham to be exact. So I've changed it up so much, but uh, not really, I guess. But I had uh, a dedication to Gary V on his birthday on all my social media platforms, including this one, Anchor. And um, thereafter, I thought of, you know, I shared all his content on Anchor. Let's say they're under episodes. PV shares Gary V. And then... um, I started recently, I said, I'll do it every two weeks on a Thursday. And uh, then I shared it yesterday. And then now I'm just going to share it every Thursday. Generally, will be a day for him. And, uh, and maybe not on all social media platforms, but pretty much I will share his content on that day. And um, we'll see what happens days, I mean, like <laughs> for all the other days. But... Uh, right? It's all the same at the end. Got to reverse engineer and bring value. Hey! So while you're speaking, all three schemes that we have will be on iMag. Yep. And then during Q&A, we'll put up your agency slide that we received. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Is there any way that you can put that up 
in the uh, the agency slide in the first like two three minutes for people that may want to tweet along at home or anything of like that. I know the demo of the audience, but still just to give them some context. Sure. Like maybe sure. the first two minutes and then switch. Okay. And then end with. Okay. Awesome. Okay, we can do that. By the way, in my continuation here, this is all for Iris. Um, <laughs> If you noticed, I don't know if Iris caught it, I asked for them to, sh- they said, we're gonna show you live in the last 20 minutes, we'll show your slide. My slide has my information, my, my URLs, my YouTube channel, my Facebook. I asked for the first two or three minutes for it to be shown and then do what they want. Why did I do that? Because it's the same game, attention arbitrage. If only three people in that room, and that's supposed to be a conservative baby boomer audience, so I'm looking at three of the 300. If three of them look up, see my Twitter handle, follow me, and start tweeting along the way, even to 27 followers, right? One person from that one person may follow me or be intrigued by something that person that's tweeting along while I speak quotes during my talk. That is why subtly, something that wouldn't normally be edited into this vlog, in a world where I'm trying to show you more of my subtle nature, my nuances, that $1.80 strategy. I'm trying to challenge myself, especially when I love the person behind the camera. So if DRock was here or Bab and Kyle, no I would not. But for Iris, I'm gonna push it out here and make a much better vlog, make the best vlog ever. This is gonna be the best episode ever. You know, that's why I asked for it. That little subtle thing of asking for the first two minutes to have the slide will lead to one potential person tweeting my quotes along my talk to 27 followers, which one person may actually find interesting, which will create them to follow. One, the acquisition of one. It matters, no matter how many people you have following you. Please join me 